Tempe Brilliance Podcast with Monique Malcolm, a show about creative people leveraging their brilliance to create their own opportunities. I aim to show you what's really possible when you shut down the chorus of fear and lean into your genius zone. You can learn more about this show and subscribe for updates by visiting keepchasingthestars.com backslash podcast. Hey, Star Chasers. This episode of Pimp Your Brilliance is brought to you by the Visionary Journal. The Visionary Journal is a goal-setting guide, mini vision board, and day planner. It provides a simple structure to help you break your goals into actionable steps that you can integrate into your daily life. For more information and to order your own copy of the Visionary Journal, visit keepchasingthestars.com backslash visionary journal. This is episode 20. For more information and for show notes, you can find them at keepchasingthestars.com backslash 20. Hey guys, welcome back to another interview. And today I'm chatting with Maureen Vasquez of Pipsticks. And if you've never heard about Pipsticks, you guys, it is a subscription sticker club. I mean, how amazing is that? Such a neat idea. I had the opportunity to meet her at Alt Summit earlier this year, and I just loved their booth. I had a chance to talk with her, and I just thought the idea of a sticker club sounded really, really cool. And one of my goals for this show is to make sure I'm spotlighting businesses that are outside of the box that I think are cool and I think more people should know about. So definitely Pipsticks fit the bill. So I'm really excited about this interview. She shared a lot about how she got started and the idea behind Pipstick. You know, she talked about how it is to run a, a subscription service and some of the important things that people need to know and be aware of when you're doing a product-based business. And overall, she just talked about how passionate she was about her product and how it's about more than stickers and she's building community and connecting people. And I really just loved her enthusiasm about her business and her product as a whole. So I think that will come across in this interview. So I can't wait for you guys to hear all the things that she had to share. Grab your pen and a notebook and let's dive in. Hey, Maureen, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. It's great to be here. I am so excited to have you. And I know I say this every single show, but truly, I really am excited to have you on the show because as I mentioned, I don't know anybody else who does the business that you do. And I think it's super neat and it's, it's really, really niche. So I want to get started by you giving us a bit of your background. Tell us who you are, what you do and how you got started. Sure. Well, my name is Maureen Vasquez, um, but I go by Mo, and I'm so excited to know that you share a nickname because I never meet a Mo. Um, but uh, I am a child of the 80s, and I've been a lifelong sticker lover. Um, I'm also a mom of four. I have four kids, um, and uh, my family and I live in San Luis Obispo, California. We moved here two years ago after living all over the place. So I grew up mostly on the West Coast in Seattle, uh, went to school in California, actually in San Luis Obispo, where we are now, and uh, and then lived in San Francisco, London, and New York, um, where I was a graphic designer. Um, and uh, I ended up being a corporate brand manager. And, you know, I would say my early uh, design career <laughs> was spent, uh, you know, kind of always wanting the the sexy career that I didn't have for a long time. Um, and then once I finally got it, you know, kind of in an ad agency, I realized, oh, it wasn't what I wanted to do at all. And that most of the best experience that I'd gotten had been in what I had thought was the really boring corporate job. <laughs> 
So, um, you know, I think I was a, as I said, I was a graphic designer and then I ended up being a brand manager at a corporate law firm in London, um, which again, not sexy at all. However, I got some amazing large um, project management uh experience, which was fantastic. And then from there, um, we had our first son, Atticus. Uh, and when he was born, we moved back to New York for my husband's job. And um, and I, I left work. Uh, I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. Um, and I did that for about two years. In the meantime, I had another daughter um, or a daughter, another kid, uh, and we were living in Manhattan and it was just like this dreamy point in my life where, you know, I, I had some really great friends. I felt like I had always been a New Yorker, even though I'd only lived there for a couple of years. Um, and and I was just loving life. But I, I realized uh, one day I went to um, design a wedding invitation for a friend. And I hadn't done any design work in a couple years and I'd always been crafty and, you know, kind of, I loved cooking and, um, you know, designing our apartment and, um, and I would always find creative things to do in my kind of life at home. Um, but it wasn't until I totally sucked at designing this wedding invitation, uh, for a friend that I realized that I really needed, um, to kind of exercise my creative brain and and keep my hand in design at some level um, in order to be happy. And, and honestly, it's funny. I just had a conversation with somebody the other day and they said, you know, was it because you wanted to go back to work? And in complete honesty, it wasn't. I, I loved being at home with our kids and, um, and I really wanted to do that. But I just, I think the ego in me thought, you know, I can't be a crappy designer. So... <laughs> So I'm going to go back and, and do this just to keep my hand in it so I can, you know, eventually go back to work and, and do what I want to do. Um, and so that led to me doing uh, some freelance design, primarily for moms who had, were getting back into work or starting their own companies. Um, and so I did a lot of that for about a year, which was brilliant because it was, um, you know, flexible and I could do it whenever I wanted to. Um, and it was kind of, the, you know, the amount of time that I, I um, needed to be able to be at home full time. Um, and then I just kind of got bored. So I think, you know, the creative spark um, happened and I was really excited. And then I entered the period of time where, I was loving being at home with the kids, um, but I was also really loving being creative. And as you know, as soon as you get creative, like the ideas just start coming. Um, so uh, it's like I could turn them off, which is a problem I, you know, I always struggle with. Um, but so um, I battled with kind of what the next step for me was. And I had always wanted to have my own business. And in my 20s, um, I thought about doing a few different businesses and and realized that I, I always just kind of felt like it wasn't the right idea and that I had a really big idea coming um, and I would just wait for it. So that's what I did. Um, and uh, in 2014, at this point, I had we had another child. <laughs> so I had three kids very much back to back in Manhattan. Um, and uh, we had our third um, son was about six months old. And I was talking to a friend about, you know, what I might like to do, um, you know, next. And I said, you know, I, I really thought it was time to start a business, 
keep it really small and try and scale it slowly so that when the kids were in school, I could do it full time. Um, and she said, you know, okay, well, what are your ideas? And the first one that I told her about was, um, a subscription sticker club. And I had had the idea because, you know, again, I had always loved stickers growing up. Um, and they held like a super special place in my heart as a child of the eighties. Um, and I know other people had that, but more than that, as a mom, uh, I never had enough stickers and living in the city, you know, it was always a schlep to take three kids out, um, shopping. And so I didn't, even though I probably had the best access to stickers in New York, I didn't have the opportunity to get out of the house to actually get them when I needed them. So, um, I thought it was a really great opportunity. So, you know, the, the two of us over a margarita kind of did some back of the envelope math on, you know, what would um, be required to, to get it started up. Um, and I went home that night and I was so excited and told my husband who was not, you know, it was not a new thing for me to, to tell him my business ideas. You know, they came probably a couple a day <laughs> and, and he always shot them down. He's a total realist and brilliant. We're a perfect pair in that sense. Um, but, you know, I told him the idea and, you know, we talked it through a bit and he said, this is a really good idea. So I started, um, you know, again, in the evenings, looking into it, setting up my business, you know, setting up the website. And um, I'm sorry, I know this is kind of a long story, <laughs> a long story of how I got into it, but I think it's, an, it's a pretty funny one. So I, st- I plan to launch in June of 2015, it, that May, um, we... Um, were transferred from New York to London where we'd lived before. Um, and so I decided instead of launching in June, I would do a beta test. Uh, so we did a, I planned to do a beta test from June to September and launch in September, which is what I did. Um, and so I launched in September of 2014 um, and, um, and grew Pipsticks, I would say pretty quickly over the next six months. The other minor detail in there was that, um, the day we moved from New York to London, um, I had a little surprise, uh, positive pregnancy test. (laughs) Um, so, um, Indiana was born, uh, like, you know, nine months later or whatever. So about four months into after launching the business, Indiana was born. So it was a moment where I had four kids, five and under, you know, and, um, and this business, which I was so excited about and so passionate about, and it was, it was being really, really well received. Um, so at that point we, um, we, I, you know, went all in and kind of did what I could in the time that I had to do it. And then, um, the, the project that my, uh, husband was brought out to London for was shut down and we were looking at moving back to New York with all of the kids going into winter. And uh, we had the crazy idea that instead of doing that, we should, um, you know, uh, throw all the chips in and move somewhere sunny and have him join me at Pipstix. So that's what we did um, about two and a half years ago. And from then on, you know, we've been all in in Pipstix. I'm very much not a stay at home mom <laughs> anymore. Um, and we've grown the business that way. Goodness. I mean, There's so many things you touched on that I want to ask you about, but I guess my first question is like, why did you decide on a subscription service instead of just like selling just stickers? Like, why were you so convinced that it needed to be a subscription service? Well, I think it was, you know, it was right around the time. I mean, I, you know, I should know the timeline exactly. It was probably a year or two after Dollar Shave Club launched. 
Mm-hmm. And I remember watching, you know, the their video that went viral and thinking it was cool and just a good idea. Um, and, you know, I don't know. I think I, the idea of um, mail, getting mail and snail mail uh, was really interesting to me because that, that was always something that I had loved as well. Um, and it was really sad to me that our kids would never really experience getting mail like we had growing up. Um, and so that was really a component that I wanted to include. Um, so I think it was, you know, it was a combination of it made sense from a business perspective. You know, it's a pretty compelling um, business model. But also, um, I wanted the experience to be getting like the best thing in the world in the mail and being able to expect it once a month and being able to look forward to that surprise and that treat. You just made me think of something. Did you get Highlights yeah. Magazine as a child? Oh my gosh. Yes. Well, I did. I, I did for my birthday one year for my grand, for my grandparents. I think we never got magazines cause they were too expensive, but, um, it's so funny now. I, I think about magazine subscriptions and how it was like the best thing ever. I <laughs> the <know>. best. <laughs> oh, I got 17 magazine when I was like 14 and it was, I still remember most of the covers of 17 magazine. <laughs> Oh my gosh. It's so funny now that you say that. And I guess because of electronics and just how we are with technology now, like there's not that huge desire to get things like that in the mail, but you're right. Like magazines, that was like a big thing. Like if I could convince my mom, like to get me teen, like 17 or any of those like teeny bopper magazines. And if she agreed, it was like, oh my gosh, you're like the best mom ever. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. That's so funny. I never thought about that until just now. Yeah. So, So tell me, so now you have, you have this business, it sounds like, and and correct me if I'm wrong. So the business was pretty successful, like from the beginning. Um, You know, successful. No, (laughs) I mean, depending on who you ask for me, it was very successful because people love the idea. Um, So at the very beginning, you know, obviously I had no budget. I had no money to work with. Um, And so I was reaching out to mom bloggers. It started as a product for kids. Um, And so I, it was also at a time when I think a lot of, you know, a lot of micro bloggers were really open to um, just trying out the product. Um, And, you know, I just gave a really honest pitch when I would contact them. And so I would send, um, you know, product and, and it kind of sells itself it's such a fun thing. And so I would get great response. And, um, you know, now when we look back and think about the number of subscribers that we had when we made the decision to move to California and, and, you know, make it a family business, it's insane. And we think we were out of our minds. Um, but you know, I think more than anything, what was clear was that it was a really new idea. It was a sustainable business model, uh, in terms of, um, you know, stickers are relatively cheap. Stickers are flat. You can mail them with postage, like all of these things that, that end up being really smart, um, from a subscription standpoint, um, worked out. And so I think, um, we fell into a lot of the the things that made it a successful idea from the beginning, but also I think, you know, my enthusiasm and ability to really kind of tap into the heart of the sticker lover uh, made it a, a pretty, I would say successful from the beginning. It certainly couldn't support our family you know, at the beginning. Um, but yes. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, the fact that you, your husband was on board and, and you guys kind of figured out how to do it right away, I think that's amazing. 
But uh, I want to know, like, what is your your typical day to day look like? Because you have the family business, you have the four kids and a husband. Like, how are you managing all of this? Well, I I don't really believe in work life balance, <laughs> and um, I think you know I, I think if you can achieve it, that's awesome. I think there are different times in your life um, when you just have to focus on different things. And what changed for us when we moved here and and decided to do this was that we we totally co-parent now. Um, so no day is alike um, because inevitably with four kids, somebody is always sick or has an appointment or, you know, whatever. And um, so every day, you know, we wake up and my husband and I kind of powwow for 30 seconds about who's taking who, where, and then we, we literally tag team all day long. So, um, you know, we have very different responsibilities within the business, but we have an office and a, which has a store in the front. Um, and we have a really big team. So, um, you know, most days I try and do some work at home, uh, in our office, um, in the cottage behind our house, because I, I get the most done. Um, and then usually I'll head into work, um, and again, it, it kind of feels like a blur. Life kind of feels like a blur because there isn't the, uh, consistency and routine that I think would be really beneficial actually. Um, but at this point in our life, we just, we, we can't do it. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, that's it. And, and then all day is each day is, um, kind of a juggle between, you know, checking in with the people in the shop, making sure everything's fine there, checking in with our fulfillment team. Um, and then, you know, I do all the design for a lot of the stickers and all the collateral in the pack. So I do a lot of the designing and the curation and, you know, um, the networking and the social media and the content creation that goes into the brand. So it's all of those things. I'm trying to get better at batch. What is it? Batch working. <laughs> I've been hearing a lot about this and I think it's a really good idea. And when I am able to do that, I feel very happy at the end of the day. <laughs> you know what? I That's something that I've been talking with people a lot about batching. And it's it's an easy concept just on the surface, but it's kind of hard to wrap your mind around like you're going to spend an entire day just writing blog posts because inherently like you feel like, oh, but I have other things to do. I don't have time to just write all day. I know. But- <laughs> well, I, you know what? I never do it for a day, but I think I can get, if I can get four hours in, you know, um, doing one thing, I think it's really successful. And for me, I think it's great. You know, when you have a product that is coming out every month, um, it saves a ton of time to, instead of dipping in and out of all the different things that you have to design to sit down and design it like as a, as a suite and then be able to shoot the product, you know, in order to advertise it and, you know, show it on social media in advance. Like all of that is, again, I feel like this is the year where I'm going to feel like a real adult business (laughs) in the sense that we're not flying by the seat of our pants quite as often. Oh my goodness. I just love it. And I love your enthusiasm when you're talking about stickers. I mean, it's, it's, I love when I get to speak with people who you can tell like are really passionate about the things that they do because you, you can hear like the energy and just the excitement in their voice when they talk about the kind of work they do and, and their products. So you mentioned that you do a lot of the curation for the the monthly club. So how do you source your products or how do you source your stickers for the boxes? Well, you know, it started out, um, literally I would look for stickers that I liked and then I would track them down, which was not always easy. Um, I've spent, you know, days and days and days on the internet researching things. Um, 
And so, um, you know, it's, it's mostly internet research. So realistically, all of the coolest stickers um, right now are coming from Japan and South Korea. <clears throat> and so um, when I realized which brands I wanted to work with, you know, I just went out and found a supplier. And then, you know, I think the challenge when you start any kind of um, product-based business is that at the beginning, you know, you, you are paying the most um, for the product because you can't order in scale. Um, and so, you know, the, um, that was something we had to work with and I had to work with in terms of cash flow at the beginning. Um, and, you know, and I, I, I just, again, I've always created a product that I would want. Um, and so obviously it had to have a, the mar- a margin that would allow us to make money. But for instance, when we um, got better and better rates um, as we were able to order in volume, instead of um, keeping the pack the same and making more money, I decided to just make the pack much better. (laughs) Because again, as a sticker lover, I'm just so excited about being able to bring stickers from Japan that people in the States would not have access to. to, you know, to their mailbox every month. Um, and then, you know, it's a combination of, I, we have suppliers all over the world. Um, so we have, there's a few U.S. suppliers that we still work with. Um, at this point, we've exhausted most of their catalogs. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, most of our suppliers are overseas because that's where the coolest stickers are coming from right now. The coolest stuff is always overseas. I know. It's like... It is. If you've never had a chance to like travel out of the country, you just don't even realize all the stuff that we're missing out on, like the exclusive stuff, the exclusive Kit Kats in Japan and like all these other places. Green tea, everything. It makes me so sad. (laughs) Yep. Absolutely. (laughs) So you recently partnered with Workman Publishing, and I know that you guys are producing a line of planners, which is super cute because I saw some of them at all and sticker books. So can you talk about how that whole partnership came about? Yes. I think I am a huge believer in like putting yourself out there. Um, and like business, I mean, we've moved around a ton. Um, my whole life I moved around, but especially as an adult, I've moved around a lot. And I think, you know, if you've moved around, you realize there's like a, a pattern to making friends and, inevitably you end up somewhere new and you have to invest a lot of time in, you know, going to groups and, you know, being really friendly to people and asking them out for coffee and, you know, um, putting yourself out there in developing relationships. And then inevitably right around the time when you want to cry and move because you have no friends, (laughs) people start calling. And then, you know, like two weeks later, you are as happy as can be with your little posse. Um, I feel like um, business is the same or has been the same for us in that, you know, you just, I, I spent time going to events and, you know, not networking necessarily in the traditional like cocktail party, you know, local event, um, being at everything kind of thing. But, um, going to events that I, I really, um, found or thought that I would be with like-minded people or people that were interested in the same thing. I mean, as you said, there are not many people in the sticker industry right now. Um, but I was, excited to build a brand that was about more than stickers. I was excited to build a brand that was about kind of the feeling that you get with stickers and like that excitement and the fun around it. And so whenever I would go to an event, I would really look for people um, that were pursuing the same objective. 
Um, and at Alt last year, uh, I met one of the editors um, at um, at Workman, Megan, who was amazing. And we just, you know, more than anything, we just kind of hung out. We did have an official meeting, um, you know, where sh- they had known about Pipsticks and um, I kind of ran them through or talked to her about what we were up to and that sort of thing. But it was not an official pitch. Um, I wasn't really looking to pitch an idea at the time. Um, and, but I'd always had the idea that we should put, uh, put out a sticker book and planner, um, a sticker book, especially because, you know, we all used to have sticker books growing up and it was like everybody's prized possession and they just don't really exist anymore. Um, so we are constantly asked by customers and subscribers, you know, where people can get sticker books. And so um, I'd kind of been promising them a sticker book for the last couple of years. So I was bound to determine that Pipsticks would produce our, a sticker book at some point this year. Um, and, you know, I kind of mentioned that. And then um, we talked about different industry trends and what I thought was going on. Um, and then the following month, I was at PlannerCon in San Francisco. It was the first ever PlannerCon. And um, Megan sent her boss, Susie, who's the head publisher at Workman, out to to the event um, really to get more information on um, the industry and kind of meet people that were excited about it. And she and I um, met there. And again, I feel like, you know, it was very relaxed. Um, I mean, I was interested in their business purely from, uh, you know, um, a business and an inspirational perspective and they were interested in my business because obviously I'm very excited about stickers and it's kind of a niche uh, industry. And so, you know, we, we, Susie and I spent a couple days together really just hanging out, you know, getting to know one another, hearing about each other's families and backgrounds. And, um, and fundamentally, I think it was a perfect partnership in that Workman makes really cool books. Um, and they are interested in like innovating in terms of production and how a book, uh, how you interact with the book, which is always really exciting to me. Um, and, and they're interested in fun. Right. Um, but apart from that, I think what's so awesome about the partnership is we just really dig each other. Like they're awesome. And I think, um, the thing that's been really awesome for me is that, you know, now we live in a small town and I have a lot less access to creative people, especially creative women entrepreneurs um, than I did in New York or London. So it's been really awesome to work with them because they're brilliant at what they do and whatever, we can just banter on the phone, you know, or um, have that relationship, which is just, it's fun. It's really fun. Oh, that's so exciting. I totally understand the living in a small town. I live in a small beach town. It's full of old people. Yeah. <laughs> There's no nightlife no. here. And uh, to your point about it being difficult to make friends when you move. Oh, my gosh. If you move to a small town full of old Hard. people, all of your friends will be old. Well, I know. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. I ended up again. I think it takes it takes time anywhere you go. And depending on the population density, you know, you make friends more quickly or not. Um, but I ended up here just kind of targeting people that I wanted, you know, people that either had their own businesses that I really liked or that I'd heard about and just, you know, putting myself in front of them and saying, I think, you know, we definitely need to hang out because I think we should be friends. <laughs> and it's worked. It's worked. And you kind of have to get uh, aggressive when you live in a small town. <laughs> 
Definitely, definitely. So I want to switch gears a bit and ask you about some of the other parts of running a business. So not necessarily like the product side, but like just the realities of running a business. And one thing I like to I hear the groan because because we all know that there's, you know, having a creative business in front of the public. It, it looks amazing. It's beautiful. We have beautiful Instagrams and we're we're showing the best light. But behind the scenes of businesses, it can be really difficult. And I, I want to always make sure I highlight that so people don't think that we're romanticizing the idea of go out and create a business. So what do you feel are some dark sides of running a business that you wish more people knew about or discussed? It's a really good question. Um, you know, I think you've heard this before, but I think the relentlessness of it is, is can be stressful. Um, I, you know, it's kind of like having kids in that you're never really off. Um, and, and I think, you know, that's really exciting on one hand, but I think you have flexibility as a business owner, but you, but not in the way most people think, you know, um, I think you're really tied down. Um, and, and I think that's tricky. Um, also I think you have an idea of what you're going to be like as a business owner. Um, and like, for instance, for me, I thought I would be a great manager and I would really love managing people. And because I love people and I'm direct and I think, uh, I'm a good communicator and I'm fun to be around and all those things. But, um, I found out I really, I'm really not a good manager and I really don't like managing people. Um, and I think you, you have to discover these things about yourself when you're already, knee deep in having employees or, you know, whatever it is that you have to get through. Um, and oftentimes, you know, I think the great advice is figure out what you're good at and outsource everything else. Um, but I think realistically, you know, if you have no budget, then, um, depending on what point your business is at, you're really limited. You're really limited with that. Um, other dark things. You know, cash flow is awful <laughs> in a product-based business. I mean, it's <laughs> it's the worst, and it's the worst to know that you know whatever we're making money, that we're profitable. This is great, and you know, trying to move things around and deal with cash flow is really, really, really hard. Um, and and you know, I think for every, I mean, we are in a business, the happiest business I could ever imagine, right? We send stickers to your mailbox every month. I employ a team of super happy, wonderful, bright people. And, you know, we're, I think we have great customer service and we're really excited to get people exactly what they need. And still, like, I think, at a, especially with, pro, well, I guess any business, you come across people that are just not really nice people, right? And you're just exposed to a lot of people. And so, um, you know, I'm so thankful that we're, we have the product that we do because I think our exposure to mean people is a lot less than the average business, <laughs> but still they bring you <laughs> down, you know? And I think, you know, one of the best um, transitions for me was when I was able to transition out of doing all of our customer service, because as amazing as it was to get the emails from people just so excited about what we were doing, you know, you'd need kind of 10 of those for every one that was uh, grumbling and mean, you know, um, especially when it's your own business. So I think, um, you know, growing pains and um, getting to the different points where you can hand off um, each job to somebody else that might be better suited for it uh, is never fun in growing a business and in 
having your own business. I'm glad you made the point about cash flow because I think that's something that people don't understand, especially if they don't know about product-based businesses. That is so hard to master. And it's, I mean, it takes a while and a lot of planning in. And even like with the the planner that I produce, like people are like, oh, but it just seems like it should be so easy. I'm like, no, it consumes a really giant Mm -hmm. portion of my year. (laughs) I always have to figure out like budgets and manufacturing and how can I get this? And there's a lot that goes into it. And like you said, the cash flow thing is is a thing. So I'm glad yeah, that you I feel like, that. you know, I used to hear that and think, oh, that's, you know, they're probably not running their business well. But no, I, I mean, you know, people that have giant, you know, really successful established businesses to small businesses. I mean, it's an issue for everyone and it's a real challenge. It definitely is. So we talked about, you know, the dark sides, but what do you feel like have been your keys to success? I think, um, the advice that I would give to people, uh, these, this goes hand in hand. I think I've ended up doing something that I am so excited about and uh, really affords me the opportunity to grow however I want to grow. Um, and, you know, again, I don't think I knew that going into this, but um, as I said, I've created a brand that is about more than stickers. So, the stickers themselves are fun and creative and like touch a chord for people like me um, that from our generation or that are into stickers. But, and, and so in that sense, uh, it's great for me as a designer, I can design the stickers and kind of grow it that way. But I've also created this brand um, that is about fun and connection with people and feeling um you know, taking the time to enjoy little things. And so because of that, I can kind of take it in whatever direction I want to take it um, and grow the brand however I want. So I think for me, um, the most important thing has been um, to go with an idea that I was just so passionate about and have always been so excited about that even when I'm exhausted, I mean, when I was working with Workben, um, you know, we put out 10 products and there was a, a stretch of three or four months where, you know, I was working till two or three every morning and then getting up to take the kids to school at 730. So it was, you know, it was totally exhausting and probably terrible for my body and whatever. But I was so thrilled by the chance to do this that I never once regretted it um, or was upset about it. And I think when you're starting a business, uh, it's really important to make sure that um, you have that passion, because if you don't, I think it, it you, you won't have what it takes to get through the, the, the darker sides of running a business. Um, and I think, you know, for me, this was a serious side hustle to motherhood. Um, and in having it be a side hustle for so long, it proved to me that, you know, I was willing to stay up until the early hours of every morning to do it because I was that excited about it. So I think, you know, I always encourage people to keep side hustle, a side hustle for a long time, more to prove to themselves that they'll be able to, you know, make it work um, and have the passion that I think you really need to be happy in growing a small business. All right. So we're getting towards the end. So I'm going to ask you my final two questions. Uh, The first one is the Pimp Your Brilliance Action Challenge. So what are your top three tips for someone who is looking to launch a subscription-based business? 
Um, I would say the first one is definitely keep it simple. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. In in terms of, you know, have one product, um, ha- let it have as few components as possible. <laughs> um, because really that first product is going to be the guinea pig as you establish all the other things around your business. Um, you know, all the sourcing and manufacturing and fulfillment and the back end of, a, of your sales channel and your customer service and all of those things. And those are the things that are the important thing to figure out. Um, so the more simple your product is, the easier it will be to scale. And, um, and the easier it will be to um, change it based on subscriber feedback. Um, the second thing I would say is connect with your audience. Um, the beautiful thing about having a subscription business is you are creating a tribe, right? Um, just by virtue of the fact that people are expecting this month after month Uh, you have the advantage that you kind of have this captive audience and the more you can make it feel like a tribe and a club, the more successful I think you'll be overall and the more um, connected you'll feel to your subscribers, which um, is super, super important. Um, And the third thing uh, I think would be um, focus at the beginning on setting up your processes um, you know, most subscription businesses start kind of in somebody's basement or garage and, you know, like any small business grows that way. Um, but even if that's the case, I think making all of your processes as clean and simple and straightforward as possible is really important because then when it comes time to scale and outsource, um, you're way ahead of the curve and you don't have to, I mean, any transition like that is a ton of work, but if you're set up from the beginning to be able to hand that off to people, um, you you know, it's going to be more seamless and less painful follow-up question because I totally forgot to ask you this earlier. Do you have suggestions uh, for systems that people can use if they're going to run a subscription service? Yeah, this is, this is a tricky question. So I would, so we use CrateJoy, which is the back end. It's like a Shopify, but um, for subscription commerce. So, you know, like Shopify, it's kind of a turnkey solution, although it's not um, nearly as robust a platform um, in terms of general commerce. So it is fantastic and we've been thrilled with it in terms of managing subscriptions from the back end of things. Um, and again, because it was set up for subscription commerce specifically, um, it's really fantastic um, in terms of managing customer subscriptions and customer service and um, and doing those sorts of things. It's not great for one-time sales. So if you have a store uh, with, nor, you know, a normal e-commerce store and you want to add subscriptions, it's tricky because the functionality is just, it's really clunky. Um, however, I think in terms of a subscription platform, um, it's, it's still the best. Um, and there's, you know, it, it integrates with, um, PayPal and it does, you know, a lot of, a lot of things that on the surface, um, a Shopify with a plugin, seem to do. And then as you use it, you realize, oh, it doesn't do this and this. And and because the subscription component is always a plug-in to something like Shopify or Magento, it just doesn't 
you know, it's not as seamless as Crate Joy is. So I would say I would recommend Crate Joy. However, it, you know, it's not a perfect solution either. Okay, thank you. I will add that to the show notes, you guys. So check that out there. And then my final question, what books are you currently reading or what have you read recently? So I never, I never read uh, business books. Well, I, I, I've really not, since having Atticus, uh, what, eight years ago now, um, I really haven't read much. Um, however, um, I, I started listening to audiobooks, which I love. Um, and I'm obsessed with Seth Godin at the moment. Um, I love all of the podcasts that he does or that he's a guest on. Um, so I listen to him a lot. And I just listened, finished listening yesterday to his book, book uh, Tribes, um, which was fantastic and I think really um, pertinent to subscription businesses, any business, but subscription businesses in particular. Um, and um, and then I also just finished Girl on a Train, which I loved. <laughs> and that's the kind of book that, that I need right now in my life. So uh, if anybody has recommendations <laughs> on books like Girl on a Train, that, that's about my speed right now. Oh my gosh. I actually read that. So after we hang up, I think I may have oh, some good, suggestions good. for you. Um, <laughs> but yay, this was really great. I, like I said earlier, I love your enthusiasm about what you do and it's just wonderful. And I feel like you gave a lot of insight and advice about running a business and subscription business and how you're kind of making this all work. So thank you again for coming on the show. And that's it for this week's episode. Thanks so much for listening. If you love the show, make sure you grab the Be Brilliant Guide where I share the keys to success for my most popular guests. Download it at keepchasingthestars.com backslash brilliant. Now go out there and pimp your brilliance.